Well, if you're ready to hear me butcher a name, then you are definitely ready for us to roll right in to covering the Commonwealth. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the Virginia Cavaliers. Con Nupel, is that even the right pronunciation? I don't know, but I know he's a really good shooter. He's a five-star guard from Wisconsin, and obviously we know about the ties that Virginia men's basketball coach Tony Bennett and his staff have to that particular state. And Nupel, hopefully I'm getting this right, second visit scheduled to UVA. JerryRatcliffe.com founder and contributor Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe is with us here in the Fast Lane. Hootie, yes, I did listen to your most recent podcast and confession, I can't remember, my memory is failing me even in my mid-30s, that how you pronounced his name. So grade my pronunciation and yes, you can give an F minus, minus, minus if it was that bad. Well, we're still trying to find out the correct pronunciation too. I've heard it pronounced Nupel and Knupel, so I'm not, not totally sure myself, Ed. But uh, we do know one thing. This guy can sh- shoot the eyes out of it, and we know that this has been an intense dogfight of the recruiting battle, and it's just going to get more intense until uh, sometime in September when he takes those final three visits to Alabama, Virginia, and Duke. And I imagine it will come down to one of those three, although people argue that Marquette is hometown and Wisconsin are both still in the race. Well, you've detailed it very well at jerryratcliffe.com and in your latest podcast. Um, naturally, people get squirmy when the name Duke is in the mix for Virginia fans. Obviously, they were on Jaron Stevenson and then Alabama came in and there's speculation that NIL was a big factor in that. When the name Alabama is mentioned, is that another red flag for Virginia fans? Because not only is Nate Oates identified pretty talented players, but they clearly seem to have the resources in place to uh, make it worth their while financially. Well, Canoople, uh, that's what I'm going with for now. Canoople uh, says that NIL is not a concern of his, so I, I'm not sure that that helps Alabama. And they came in late, as did Duke. I think I think Virginia might be in the driver's seat here because he has scheduled a second visit to Virginia. He hasn't visited uh, Duke or Alabama at all. And from the description of the factors that he's looking for, he seems like a, a perfect fit for Virginia's program, and he certainly is a uh, perfect fit for for what Virginia is looking for. He, he wants to develop not only as a player, but as a person, and wants to play right away. And I think Virginia can supply all those things. Uh, it reminds me a lot of what Christian Bliss said a couple of weeks ago before he committed. And uh, so I think all those things weigh in Virginia's favor. Those are positives for Virginia. Is it a positive for Virginia baseball that Jay Wolfolk is leaving the football program to focus on being a closer, especially given that his arms seem to tail off at the end of the baseball season? I think so, Ed. I talked to a Blue Jays scout uh, some time ago, and we were just talking about that very thing. And he he felt like that Wolford was doing himself a disservice by trying to play two sports and that his future was obviously in baseball and that he should focus on that one sport and, and be all he can be. And I think he came to the realization of that when he was playing with the U.S. national team after the season. And so I think it'll be a boost for his 
final, probably his final year of Virginia next spring and uh, for his future. Uh, it doesn't help the football team. We're not sure exactly where he stood there, but we, we know he was going to be in a running for the starting job in training camp, but certainly was working from behind because he didn't get a lot of physical action in the spring. But uh, it, it sounds like he made the right career choice, and uh, we wish him well. Well, if you want to be working from behind with your knowledge of UVA, then do not go to jerryratcliffe.com. But if you want to be ahead, then go to jerryratcliffe.com to stay updated on the latest with the Virginia Cavaliers. And go ahead and hit subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it as well. I listen to Double the Speed so I can get through uh, that and many other great things. But the insight is always great no matter how fast you listen because Jerry Ratcliffe is providing that with his colleague Scott Graham there as well. Jerry, thank you for your time today in the Fast Lane. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you down in Charlotte next week as we have no show Monday, but we'll be seeing you at the ACC football kickoff. Yeah, it's right around the corner, Ed. We'll, we'll be down there up to our ears in football. I'd be, uh, be glad to see you. Indeed. JerryRatcliffe.com founder and contributor Jerry Hootie Ratcliffe. Now to the Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokie, Hokie, Hokie high. Well, it is a high note for Virginia Tech football in terms of recruiting. We have touched on this quite a bit in terms of adding different players. And now the latest, a three-star defensive lineman, but 6'3", 290. Someone that physically seems to have room to grow. 6'4", according to some. We'll go with 6'3", because we conservatively estimate here in the fast lane. Eric Minsaw from the Northern Virginia area, and I believe by way of Senegal originally, a man who's an expert in this and much more is David Cunningham from TechSideline.com at the Real D Cunay on Twitter and Instagram. David, uh, literally and figuratively, big commitment for Virginia Tech. Yeah, Ed. First of all, great to be with you. Appreciate you having me on as always. This is a huge commitment for Virginia Tech. J.C. Price, I, I think um, he's really taken a step up, and he's shown recently over the last few weeks now with the commitment of Gerard Johnson from Virginia Beach, a top 10 in-state kid, um, and now Eric Mensah from Stafford. Um, he, he sh- JC's continued to show how good he is on the recruiting trail. I think there was a little bit of a spell there where uh, some people, some fans were questioning if JC kind of still had it in him, and, and he's clearly showed it now. It's a huge commitment for just for the defensive line room as a whole. I think this guy could, you know, Mensa could be a potential game changer. He's from Stafford, Virginia, kind of up near Fredericksburg. He's from an area where Brent Pry, we know he loves to recruit. The Hokies have had success there with guys like Anthony Chigog and, and Cordero, Cordero Thompson in the past too. So, um, Taiwan Garbutt is a guy that that recently came from from that area. So, I, it's a huge commitment. Um, he, he's ranked 19th. Uh, in the 2024 class, um, that gives the Hokies six top 20 kids in state. That is huge. The Hokies, like we talked about last week, Ed, Virginia Tech's been on fire on the recruiting trail. Tech keeps it going with this big commitment today. Eric Mensa, like you said, a defensive lineman from, from up near Fredericksburg. The Real D. Cunay on Twitter and Instagram and TechSideline.com for David Cunningham's insight. David, um, I mean, I, I know photos can be deceiving, and there's this great thing called Photoshop, which can enhance things, but you've probably seen more of Eric Mensa than I am. Ha- I have. Is this guy as big-looking as he is? I mean, he looks like an oak tree out there with no fat and thick legs and a thick build. I mean, is it exaggerated by Photoshop, or is this legit? Yoked is the word you're looking for. He looks like a guy ready to play college football, and I'll tell you that much. 
He does. And for Virginia Tech, how big is it? Because this seems like a guy with his Senegalese background, if I'm getting that part correct. There's some African country to which he's tied. And please forgive me if I've got that one wrong. But I believe it's Senegal is in his background. But in general, we've seen Virginia Tech, whether it's Hannes Hammer, the kid from Germany, obviously Mensa as well, identifying these type of guys that may be a little bit undercooked, but could go right in and uh, fit the mold of your colleague Chris Coleman, always be redshirting. Yeah, well, I think one of the big things is you've got to find, you know, when you're a school like Virginia Tech, you're not necessarily going to get the the top-notch five stars every single time, if at all, right? We know this. Virginia is in the same boat, right? There are a lot of these schools in this this tier that – that when they it comes to recruiting, they, they can't necessarily get all the five stars and all the top prospects. You can get some of them, right? The Hokies now have three top ten in-state kids as of last week. They just picked up their sixth top 20 kid from the Commonwealth of Virginia, right? Um, but, but in this case, Mensa is a guy who, yes, he is a big dude. He looks ready to play college football and a year in the weight room, assuming he redshirts is only going to help him, but in some cases, he might be a little bit underdeveloped, right? He might not, um, you know, forgive me, I, Chris Coleman is the one writing up the stories. You can go check it out on techshotline.com later. Uh, I'm currently, I've been off the grid for a couple days, and and I've been keeping up with it, so I haven't done all my research, so forgive me, but he's a guy who, even if he doesn't necessarily have the biggest football background, where he hasn't necessarily played football for a super long time, he's somebody who the staff sees um, a future in and they know they can develop him and when you've got a guy with that size and stature and that frame I mean this at this class continues to get better and better and better and better and it's really really impressive I think Brent Pry this staff is so so good on the recruiting trail the big question is can they win games when it comes to September I'm sure we'll find out more about that next week, ain't that right? Yes, we will. It's a convenient tee-up, David, to remind our listeners we do not have a show Monday because we'll be en route to Charlotte for the ACC football kickoff. But look I won't. forward, Trey. No, Trey. I may be going to the or beach. may. I was going to say I may or may not be in a very similar place to the remote location where David Cunningham is, but like in a different spot. Yeah, well, you don't have to go into details on that, guys. Just take a chill pill. Trey, you get ready to take one. David, enjoy yours because we're going to be grilling you with all the hard-hitting questions next week in the Fast Lane. Hey, sounds good. That's what I'm here for. I'll see you next week in Charlotte. Thanks for having me on as always. Our pleasure. David Cunningham with us here from TechSideline.com. Now to the Liberty Flames. Liberty Flames. And yes, John Manson from Red.com. Speaking of media days, Quentin Reese defense, Xavier Golden offense, selected to be their representatives at Conference USA Media Days uh, a little bit later than some some conferences announced those representatives. Uh, John Manson from CFRA.com with us in the fast lane. John, what does it say about Reese defensively and Golden offensively in terms of how this coaching staff views those two as being representatives of the transition from Hugh Freeze to Jamie Chadwell? It's uh, not really uh, surprising I don't think for, for uh, the, those of us that follow the program so closely. And if you go back, we had a ranking on a CRED.com of the top 30 players, in our opinion, entering the uh, 2023 season for the Liberty Flames. And there's been a lot of turnover, a lot of new faces, a lot of uh, familiar faces have gone and moved on. And and uh, Gadlin and, and Reese are two of the ones that kind of step up to kind of 
be you know counted on to be leaders and, and uh, you heard it from the coaching staff in the spring uh, they were talking about uh, th- those two as well as a couple others like a Kendi Charles as being some uh, not just position leaders but team leaders so the fact that Gadlin and Reese were selected to kind of represent the team uh, next Tuesday down in Arlington for Conference USA Media Days doesn't really come as, as a surprise uh, those two will be ones that will be uh, you know, counted on this season to, to, to lead the team. Meanwhile, transitioning from football to basketball, we'll get into football in a little bit uh, greater depth as obviously camp is dawning upon us. But basketball, Conference USA announced their portion of the schedule for Liberty University. Full schedule will be out as soon as they complete everything from the non-conference schedule. What were your takeaways, though, in looking at that? Yeah, there's a lot of Thursday-Saturday games. That's kind of the, the new uh, rhythm that the Conference USA will have. Uh, we're still, we don't know exactly how many of these games will end up being on a linear TV uh, network. Um, they'll all be on at least ESPN+. Plus. But as, uh, as you remember, the uh, Conference USA has a deal with CBS Sports Network. Some games will get on there. Some will also get on uh, one of the ESPN channels as well. So we'll wait and see that. But yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Liberty starts on the road at Western Kentucky, first uh, Conference USA game of the season, and in, in early January. And uh, WKU is probably they, they got a new coach uh, there this year, but they'll probably be uh, expected to be one of the challengers, contenders for the conference championship. I think Liberty will be right there too. And then I thought it was really interesting that. Uh, the conference office paired those two for the first game of the year and the last game of the regular season in March uh, with WKU coming to Lynchburg in uh, early March to conclude the regular season. So those two may be preseason favorites is what the conference is thinking to uh, get an early taste of them uh, first game of the season and then right uh, heading into the uh, conference tournament. So uh, it'll be interesting there, but a lot of new teams, a lot of new faces, obviously with a whole new conference. So it'll be a lot of question marks as far as as uh, who uh, is kind of competing for that conference title race in, in Conference USA uh, in men's basketball coming up this uh, season. No question, though, where to go for the best Liberty Flames inside analysis. That's a seaofred.com at J.C. Manson. That's his Twitter handle. John, appreciate your time today in the fast lane. We'll look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Ed. John Manson from acfred.com. When we return, how do you MC Margaritaville night at Lynchburg City Stadium? That is a legitimate question that must be asked. Did he find his lost shaker of salt? That's an important question. I don't know. We bring shakers of salt, not just grains of salt, to some of our commentary and analysis in the fast lane. Will we do that when we return? Find out on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.